This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by truly a magnificent leader. We're joined today by Micheline Davis. Micheline is the president and CEO of National Medical Fellowships, and she'll talk about the mission. One of the things I love about Micheline is, aside from being straightforward and a straight speaker, a clear speaker, she also puts her complete career and her life and her passion uh, with where she believes. You know, it's really one of these situations where the heart and mind follow each other. And it's always magnificent to talk about to talk to Micheline and about the important mission and success that they're having with this mission. Micheline, can you take a moment, introduce yourself, tell us about National Medical Fellowships and, and what the mission is. Thank you so much, Scott, for having me. Uh, I'm Micheline Davis, uh, the president and CEO of National Medical Fellowships, one of the first diversity organizations in the continental United States of America. For the last 75 years, National Medical Fellowships has been one of the only organizations and the sole private organization that has been picking up the big stone of health equity and literally moving it forward. They've been doing that by ensuring that there are more black, indigenous, and persons of color medical students who are giving both the financial and communal support in order to make it through medical school and into practice. Thank you. And, and Micheline, tell us what you're seeing currently. What's the status of minorities in medical school? Is I, I think improvement is starting to be made. I know there's a long way to go. But but give us more detail, more depth to that answer than I could give, a, a lot more. Oh, certainly. Um, you know, uh, despite the demographic population of, say, African-Americans in the population of the United States of 13.7%, Scott, you know that about 5% of uh, physicians um, across this country are African-American. And yet we still see ourselves at the bottom rung in healthcare disparities across the board. Well, what we've just seen and what the AAMC just recently released was a report that evidenced the fact that we have seen significant student enrollment this year. We are talking about a jump upwards of 21% for African-Americans. We've also seen an incredible increase as well in other groups. And so we've seen um, the fact that uh, it's 7% among students who are Hispanic, Latino, or identify of being of Spanish origin. And I really believe that this, this jump in enrollment, it's so interesting. I, I've, I've read several stories and I've talked to several friends. And lots of folks are saying, well, we don't know that it's any one thing. It seems like it's a culmination of everything. Scott, my friend, I believe that it is the perfect storm. We have literally seen students who have been awakened as a result of racial injustice, who have not merely seen it on their TV screens in an issue or area of police brutality, but have literally seen the impact of COVID-19 and decimating communities that have been historically marginalized and disenfranchised. These communities, as you know, my friend, are also historically black and brown not by happenstance, but as a result of laws and legislation and redlining. And so as a result, this has literally brought about a reawakening and really engaging this population to make certain that they don't just march in the streets in order to raise their voice, but they also march to the medical school um, and enroll. And so it's fantastic. You are correct. We've got a long way to go, my friend, but it is indeed encouraging. And take a moment, Michelina, and this year, 2022, 
I've heard the numbers, the improvements in medical school enrollments for, for people of color, and thank goodness. Talk to us a little bit about where you're most focused for this year. How does your time get spent pursuing these different big priorities? Oh, my goodness. I love that you asked me that question. Uh, well, I will tell you that working with the Board of National Medical Fellowships, we literally adopted a new strategic framework, which we really hope is going to help to position the organization as it approaches its next 75 years. Indeed, the fact that we have literally been talking about the need to increase more BIPOC underrepresented individuals in medicine since 1946 does give us a telltale sign that we will probably need to continue doing so going forward. So one of the first things that we want to make certain that we're doing is literally ensuring that we are advancing the thought leadership of this organization. National Medical Fellowships has been making a quiet yet significant impact since 1946, but it is time that we really make certain that entities and individuals know that we are here, that individuals and communities know and understand that there is in fact an entity that is waiting for them with bated breath in order to ensure the pipeline of physicians of color, but also that entities understand that we are here and that for those who are interested in doing diversity in clinical trials, et cetera, that there is an entity that is squarely focused in on this. But in addition to that, we've also talked about making certain that we are doing something that NMF has not done before, and that is to engage in impactful policy partnerships. Scott, you know that I come from uh, large-scale academic medical center systems, and there I oversaw policy and government affairs. I've been chief policy counsel to a former governor, et cetera. And so it just would not be right for me to come here and divorce myself of that policy background, but quite frankly, it is something that NMF so very much needs. We really believe that this is really just the beginning, but we endeavor to partner with the willing who deliver healthcare services, et cetera, but also with those who are really making certain that they are also talking about those policies uh, that, that need to be changed in order to accomplish the systemic and structural changes that we've talked about. So we're looking forward to engaging in new policy partnerships with entities that are squarely focused on health policy, health equity, and the intersection of the health wealth gap, as well as those who are focused in on the political determinants of health, right? So we're expecting to build a big tent and bring aboard viable entities that are advancing policy and practicum work in the areas of diversity in clinical research, diversity in medicine, diversity in the healthcare workforce, inclusion and belonging in medical education. Again, you know that we are really big on diversifying clinical research. And so as a result of that, we have already established well-renowned programs with partners like Merck and the Johnson Division of Johnson & Johnson, and of course, with Bristol-Myers Squibb Foundation. But there are others who are also expressing an incredible amount of desire to, to do and see more here. So we are expanding our ambitions and our impact from supporting aspiring and practicing BIPOC physicians and allied health professionals into the research frontiers of medicine. It's well understood that clinical research in medicine lacks diverse investigators and far too often fails to inclusively select participants. I know that there was a, a very well talked about uh, study published in 2021 about the future of oncology of clinical trial participants for phase one trials of biopharmaceutical oncology agents, and they found that 84.2% of participants were white. There was minimal representation of Black, African Americans, Hispanics, Latinos, or anyone else uh, that was a different race or ethnicity group. And so we really want to work towards ensuring that that is not the case. We want to seek to ensure that everyone has access to culturally competent healthcare. There's an urgent need to increase cultural competency in clinical trials and to begin to heal the well-earned mistrust that communities harmed by inequity and maltreatment 
have for the healthcare establishment. So we wanna diversify the investigators who lead clinical research. We wanna open the door to individuals who might otherwise never consider participating in a research study and really help to increase underrepresented patient participation in clinical research as well. But that's just the tip of the iceberg, my friend. So I, 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 I gotta tell you, we're, we're really excited about the launch of a robust mentorship network. We are building a formal mentorship program that will make it easier for alumni and students to connect and receive support and learn from each other. The goal there is to offer a wide array of mentorship opportunities by program specialty and geographic region. Studies have continuously shown that in particular, in academic medical centers, it really, it shows that mentorship and networking richly support career advancement and professional resiliency generally, and emphatically for those who are underrepresented in medicine. So this need is incredibly urgent. Now that we've got these, these numbers, these higher numbers coming into medical schools, we've got to make certain that they are not just there in order to, to survive, but actually to thrive. So we want to help to create those environments. Healthcare is a challenging field, but we know that BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, and person of color who are practitioners carry with them the additional burden of a lifetime of racial trauma and the weathering of racism while also experiencing ongoing racism, oftentimes, unfortunately, even in the process of medical education. And schools are indeed beginning to acknowledge this. So we intend on empowering uh, NMF's National Alumni Council and our Young Leaders Council to create a caring and connected network of alumni. NMF is going to engage its alumni and scholars to provide them with robust racial-informed care support and enhance networking, career guidance, life and leadership essentials, the rest of it. You know, we're not just looking to make certain that there is a robust pipeline of diverse clinicians. We're trying to make certain that there's a robust, diverse pipeline of physician leaders so that these systems and these structures that everyone talks about being willing to change actually have individuals in leadership in order to assume those positions. One of my favorite pillars is the fact that we are really expanding focus on behavioral health and well-being. Now, racial trauma harms the well-being of the BIPOC community, and NMF is committed to broadening our mission to care for the mind as well as the body. Far too many behavioral health providers fail to recognize the experiences of racism as traumatic or even inquire about those experiences of racism. BIPOC behavioral health providers can present a unique perspective in this treatment, and that reflects an understanding of the impacts of racism because racism is their own lived experience. Ms. Wayne, just I, one definitional issue. You've used the term BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, People of Color. Am I, do I have Correct. that right? Or could you, okay, Absolutely. thank you. I, I'm not, I, of course, if you're not regularly hear the term, I want to make sure I got the term. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ms. Wayne, another question, another question. I, no, thank you. I, I, I love talking to you because you're one of the most inspired and exciting people I ever get to talk to. And, and it's inspiring to all of us, Micheline. How do people help? How can people help? How, how can someone, you know, get somebody make a small economic contribution? We obviously love to amplify your message. How else can people help? I mean, healthcare leaders, how can they help? Just give us a quick sense of how people can help. Thank you so much for asking that question. It is all important. And quite frankly, you are right. By sharing this platform, um, it, it really helps to, to ensure that others are aware of the fact that, that this organization is here and has been for the last 75 years. But quite frankly, you know, healthcare systems and hospitals can, can clearly contact us in order to talk about entering partnerships and sponsoring scholarships. 
we have pharmaceutical entities who are interested in furthering their commitment to diversifying clinical trials. And so they're beginning to call us as well in order to make certain that they too are sponsoring scholarships. It's an incredibly important thing, but we are the only organization, Scott, that literally addresses health equity at the intersection of the health wealth gap. We cannot talk about the fact that we merely need to ensure that we have higher numbers of black and, and other physicians who are of color and other ethnicity, and then not recognize the impact of disparity in economy as a result of the history of the country. And so you're absolutely right. So by, by means of people can make personal contributions by just going online to www.nmfonline.org. They can follow us on Twitter, um, uh, me as well at Michelin ESQ to help amplify our, our message and other social media platforms. But quite frankly, just making that donation is going to matter so very much. We're looking for, for those partners who are looking at things that impact the, the social determinants of health and political determinants of health. You know, pick up the phone and give us a call or send us an email um, in order to make certain that we, too, are partnering with you in this policy space. Scott, I, I just want to say one thing before our time is, is eliminated, and I will, say, I will say to you, I cannot leave any opportunity to speak about this all-important truth without mentioning the way in which we are seeing so much issue around behavioral health and behavioral health access. Only 4.4% of all psychiatrists and psychologists are, are African-American. And we have seen this rise recently in suicide among young people who are of color. We're really trying to make certain, yes, that we are shoring up these numbers so that there are more practitioners, so that the supply can actually meet the demand, but we're also making certain that we are providing support to those who are on the front line in this pandemic, in the most vulnerable communities, trying to serve everyone to keep us all alive and well. Thank you so much, Mr. Wayne. This issue of behavioral is so, so important throughout the world. Um, either myself personally or through Becker's Healthcare, we will make a donation today to NMF online. I'll, oh. I'll bother you after the discussion to make sure you get the right exact place, but we'll make a $1,000 donation today. Um, we just cannot tell you enough. Uh, and I know it's a small amount of money in the big scheme. We can't tell you enough how much we admire what you do and how you do it. Uh, Micheline Davis, just a magnificent leader, uh, presidency of National Medical Fellowships. Micheline, thank you so much for joining us again today. Thank you so much for your kindness and generosity, Scott.